0: the Lord, you may be seated. Getting into the uh, tithing message, um, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 10, um, hold your place there. There's, there's a lot going on in this service, and um, I'm going to listen to the Lord on it. These two, I'll be preaching from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 for our tithing message and then into Acts chapter 2. But let me make a couple announcements real quick. We'll have the garage here uh, Monday, uh, and that is uh, Pastor Mark and Randy the Barber's ministry. It's going to be awesome. I think Terry Phillips has given his testimony. It'll be awesome. Mom's life starting out in our Moscow location uh, on the 23rd. And uh, our new member, Barb Sheehan, was at our last service, but she's not here, so let's give it up for her anyways. The youth are raising money. They're going to camp. You know the deal. They're throwing pies in people's faces, washing cars, and pulling envelopes, and anything else you can do to hawk old people for money. I mean, let's be honest. You're going to pay the tab anyways. You might as well get it get the wallet out. (laughs) I mean, I'm just trying to be honest. I mean, here's what I figured out, Mark. It's easier to raise a child in Christ than it is to fix an adult. Uh, And he can fix anything that's broke, too. Uh, And let's be honest. Uh, But understand this. In the last days, there would come times of difficulty. So... Um, this is not a, a gloom and doom message. So it, it may start a little bit like that, but we're going to be talking about the outpouring of Holy Spirit. Uh, so this second Timothy and this acts two and their music all came together simultaneously had no idea when I wrote these two down that they were going to tandem with each other, had no idea that their music was going to be on this either. Uh, and it's as fresh as it gets. So if you get the goosebumps, it's the Holy Spirit. Uh, But understand this, in the last days there will be times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient, to their parents, ungrateful and unholy. Um, I'm not going to turn back to Romans 12.3, but you can earmark that as uh, to note that God... Doesn't want us to think more highly of ourselves than we actually are. Because out there in the landscape, I mean, some of these people that are out there now think that they're the next best thing to slice bread. And, and, and we don't want to raise our kids uh, to be criminals, we want them to raise them to be Christ like. You never thought you'd live to see the day where kids are going in stores and taking things they didn't pay for and walking out of the stores. But that's where we're at. And and it's not just in one particular state. It's all through the country. And it's just simply because they wasn't raised right. Well, I'll keep reading then. Heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I just tell you, I still can't get over it, but I'm going to say it anyways, Mrs. Geeson. I was driving down Highway 364 yesterday, and there's three advertisements for the sale of pot. One of the billboards said "ounces for seventy-five dollars." I thought I was at Woodstock. <laughs> oh, I want, I want it. And we wonder why kids are doing the things they're doing because okay. they're higher than the Georgia Pine. If God wanted you to be high, He'd have made you high. Amen. You can applaud. It's the truth. Let's see what we're supposed to do with these people. Let's go down to verse 5. It doesn't take very long. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its powers. What does this say, class? Avoid such people. I call them ding-dongs. You don't want your kids around these kind of people because they'll end up in trouble too. Your mom told you that. Amen? If you're going to be around somebody, be around somebody that is like-minded in Christ. They'll keep you accountable, keep you sober, and keep you out of jail. Can I get a witness? Hey, hey. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, buried with sin and led astray by various passions. That's the problem. We have too much passion for worldly things and not enough passion for Jesus Christ. And just slide down to verse 9 so I can start praying. Because, boy, we need it. They will, it's talking about the people that are, that are duped in folly. It says, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all. And if you say dull, I'll read a little more. <laughs> you can look it's somebody that's in folly and know that you don't need to be with them. By the way they act, by the way they talk, by the way they walk, or or anything they represent, child, don't be around them. They don't have enough respect for themselves, let alone you. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. So those two men he was talking about before were these two men that worship Satan, And all their satanic, uh, magical powers, they were trying to stand against the Spirit of God. And Moses was doing one thing, they'd do something else, and come to find out at the end, you found out that God won in that battle, as He does all battles. Let's pray. Uh, And and we'll tie all this together here in a minute, so bear with me. Lord, uh, we do need a fresh outpouring, and we need it now. Uh, uh, We need to be healed. Uh, we need to be cleansed, uh, and we need to ask for forgiveness uh, of, the, of the mess that we've made. And um, help us get it rectified through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, bless the offering today so we can continue to do your work and open up churches instead of pot stores. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Applaud the Lord. Let the basket come by. Uh Rise with me, and we'll pray over this message. Because it's, I want you to, I want you to make some notes in your Bible because these two are going to run in tandem very quickly. Uh, so, Lord, we just ask that uh, that you show yourself to these people the same way you showed yourself to me on this message. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Go ahead and be seated, please. Two seventeen. In the last days, it shall be. De- uh, I'm in two seventeen in Acts. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and my female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below, and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned. Into darkness, the moon, into blood before that day of the Lord comes, that great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this is the word of the Lord, amen. Pretty quick, uh, you'll be out here in about five minutes. Probably not. I just, I don't know why I like to say that. No preacher's ever out in five minutes. Five minutes. The last days. So we're in the last days in 2.17. God is pouring out his spirit. This is in the New Testament church. He's pouring out his spirit. It's being poured out. It's being poured out daily. And those are people, Gießen, will receive it and there'll be people that will deny it. You've seen that in all your crusades and all the, all the things that they've done all their life. They've seen people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They've seen miracles that have happened. And, and if you ask Mrs. Geeson, she's seen a lot of people leave sanctuaries that never received the Spirit because religion got in their way. And we're just going to throw them all out there at the same time. Don't matter what church you was raising. I'm not going to pick on any of them. I, I truly not. But I'm going to fix... All the bad theology today through the word of God. I'm just going to fix it all. Whether your church told you uh, the Holy Spirit wasn't real or they told you to get up and down or do this or run or scream or fall on the floor or whatever. We're going to correct all bad theology with the word of God today. Amen. All right. So let's just take a look at this and let's see who's in, who's, who can be in and who can be out. Let's see what he says. So he says he's pointing. This is Peter. Preaching to the church, the New Testament church, it's not very old, so this is a new thing that's going on. And it may be a new thing going on to you today. If the Holy Spirit starts giving you goosebumps and starts to speak to you, you start to get excited, you start to get emotional, you start to cry a little bit or something like that, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit saying something to you. That, that's, that's how the Holy Spirit moves. That would be, in my opinion, that would be very normal if somebody felt that way. If somebody came to me after service and go, man, I got goosebumps and the Holy Spirit, you know, this kind. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Watch this class. He moves. And he moves on religious people too. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So that means girls and boys will prophesy. We know that's a fact. Whether they're in a, in a pulpit or whether they're out in the street, these people will be there to prophesy about the things of God and the things to come. Amen? So that, that's that's gender-friendly here. Your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And it doesn't mean that one can't do the other. It just means that God is going to let people see visions, and he's going to let people dream dreams. And if you were to say, hey, uh, over in the Middle East and, and areas like that, God really speaks to a lot of people in these ways through visions and through dreams and stuff like that. It's very normal over there. Maybe in the Western world it's not so much, but um, I want you to know today that some of the dreams that you're getting from the Lord uh, could be Him speaking to you about what you need to do in your life. Just... And the way you know it's God is you check him back at his word. Amen. Amen. God will never tell you to do something outside of his word. And I know a lot of times, a lot of times people will, will, will come to church and they'll go, I think God's talking to me. And he, he wants me to leave my family. I go, no, 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 no. Just when, somebody, when that starts to come on of the they go, no, no, no. It doesn't say that in God's word anywhere. Amen. Amen? And then he takes it a step further in verse 18, and I'll put all this together. So hang on for just a second. Even on my male servants and my female servants. So it doesn't matter where you are at on the social scale, whether you're, you know, whether you're Whatever or all the way up to here, or whatever you think of yourself, God's going to do that for everybody. So remember this, at the, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. He doesn't love anybody more than the other person. If, you, if you're a janitor or you're the president of a company, it doesn't mean anything to God. You're not impressing him with all your accolades or your bank account. Isn't it amazing how people think they're more important the more money they make? Not in God's eyes. He died for all people. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heavens and above and signs on the earth below. So let me tell you, if you're a climate change person or what was before climate change? I can't keep track of them. Global warming. (laughs) If so... If somebody takes a picture of a, of a glacier falling into the sea, it doesn't mean that your mom used too much hairspray. And I'm going I'm to tell you who's in charge of the climate. You want me to tell you who it is? God. So we don't need to spend billions of dollars on it? Is the church here or am I just? Everybody's like, well, I don't know. (laughs) So we find out that God's going to move again the same way he used to move in the Old Testament. Signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. Remember that in the Old Testament. God never changes. Before the day of the Lord comes, that great and magnificent day, that means the second coming, God is coming back one day. You need to make sure that you warn your neighbors and you warn your family. Amen. He's coming back the second time. It's not going to be the way he came the first time. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right. And I believe that. I believe everyone still has the opportunity to call on the name of the Lord, even if they got like one second left. And then there'll be the haters out there on Facebook going, I don't believe. Put your face away, man. I don't believe that God has the power to redeem somebody in the last seconds of their life. And then I would tell you, we don't believe that you're a theologian. God can save anybody at any time. And he doesn't have to check in with your church. He can save it. And I'm glad of that because there's a lot of people who don't get saved until... There's a lot of people, and you may not be on your deathbed, but you may be. You just don't know it yet. I'm just being honest. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm, I'm not trying to scare anybody in this church. I'm giving you news that I know about. Your life can change like that. I mean, just like it could could change when you you walk in the doors of this church, you could get information on your phone and your life be changed immediately. You have to make it right with God. Don't make it right with your church. Don't make it right. Make it right with God. Can I keep preaching? I'm about to. Okay, so how do I tie this together? What's this all about? So if I was to tell you to look in your King James, I'm preaching out of ESV. Well, Mrs. Geeson, if you're reading your King James Bible, it would say in the last days, uh, it shall be God declares our point. They would say that you're living in peerless times. Or if you go back to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, peerless times. peerless means, say it with me, class, danger. It's dangerous times. Say, do tell us. Ask me this. I j it's dangerous everywhere, Big Steve. I don't care where you go. Even as big as he is. Listen. <laughs> I'm standing there, and you know what I like to do most than read my Bible is, is eat ice cream. I'm just being out. We go to Andy's last Friday, and it was me and Sissy and her friend and mommy. We're all there. We're going, I go, we got to go. I can't even make it back to, like, Maryland Heights anymore from the farm. It's, it's like oxygen to my blood. I go, sis, do you know of a, an Andy's close by? And she, you know, kids that age, they can find one. Like, oh, I'm like, man, if anybody can find it, it's her. And she got, yeah, dad, right here. The- Pull over. I'm eating an ice cream. I got my little dog. And why we take our little dog everywhere, I don't know. Uh, I'm eating two scoops in a waffle cone. <laughs> so I'm over there. I'm eating a cone. And so, so I take the dog over in the grass. And, and my wife is two spaces over. And uh, with with sis and her friend, and they're eating ice cream too. Well, all of a sudden there comes like a hot rod car, like a charger, a Hellcat, or whatever it is, and and the windows are blacked out. And I mean mean like you can't see anything. And so they pull between me and my wife. And I'm like, man, this is going to be a problem. I'm not sure what this dude's doing. But I thought, I don't know who this is, but he's trying to get between me and in my family, that's a problem. Amen? Amen. And then it, and, and it's just like evil, always hiding behind darkness. And not that the guy was evil or anything like I'm just giving you an example of you not knowing in 2023 what's behind door number two. And it all ended up working out okay. But my point, my point is this we are living in dangerous. And I'm not going to go into the whole doomsday thing. We're living in very dangerous and risky times. That's what peerless means. Amen? Dangerous times. So I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm, I go, man, this is a great message. I go, God, what? He said, listen, let your people know this, that it's very dangerous for the enemy to mess with somebody that's Holy Ghost-filled. So when these people go out these doors full of the Holy Ghost, the enemy needs to be put on notice. God just touched my life. Or I put it this way, I thought, you know, so this grandpa, me being a grandpa, I'm holding, and I don't know, maybe I'm just sitting there licking ice cream, holding the dog like this, and and this guy's looking at me like I'm an easy mark. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, as a Christian, I go, I may not be the guy you want to try all that on. I'm just, amen? Amen. So you don't have to be me or anybody in particular, but you need to walk out of here with that kind of spiritual posture going, hey, when I'm out there in the world, devil, I'm a Holy Ghost-filled person, and you may not want to mess with me. (laughs) Tell Tell him, say, you may want to back that thing up. You may want to back that thing up. Um, so in our last couple of services, you know, they, and so this, this music's being played and I need a fresh outpouring and, um, I'm giving the message and I'm at Moscow when I thought, I'm reading out of uh, chapter two it says, on the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. They were, they were all together in one place. That means all the people were there in one place. They were huddled up in the upper room when the release of the Holy Spirit came down on the people. So I said, I told the, the security team at Moscow, I said, go get the, go get the youth and go get the children and bring the security in, bring the children in, and bring the youth in, and everyone else that's outside, let's bring them into one room. Say that with me, one room. I go, if there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I don't want anybody to miss out on it. Not that you have to be here to have the Spirit poured out on you, but I want you to hear the word that God has given me today. So I'm going to ask them to do the same thing today. So we're going to ask the... The teachers and the security and the teachers, uh, the youth and everybody, ask them to come in the sanctuary right now. I'm going to ask our piano player to take the position at the piano, and then I'm going to read to you uh, some some verses out of chapter 2. Now, at the 830 service, I did this, and um, John Shank and his two boys were here. John Shank and his two boys were here, if you don't know John Shank. He is uh, one of our ordained deacons, and him and his wife are the youngest uh, people I've ever ordained. And obviously, if you guys know anything about the Shank, you guys can stand up with me. Uh, Lacey Shank died some years ago. And I talked about about the life of Lacey Shank. I talked about that. And a lot of you guys don't know, but I I, I have to tip my hat to her because she's such a wonderful young lady. Just if you don't know her, look up and, and you'll find out about her. She's just a beautiful girl. And I met them years ago, uh, senior up at Roscoe's. They invited me up there, and they were, it was a pile of people up there. Go, we want to ask you a bunch of questions about your church. And we heard you're crazy and all this stuff. I said, Well, I'll tell you. So I pull in, I pull in the dry, driveway, and there's Lacey and there's John. And then there was Roscoe and all their families, and I was in there and I was witnessing to him and telling them and, and and as far as I know back when I met John and Lacey I don't think they were saved I don't know they were young kids I don't know how I don't know how old Lacey was I'm gonna guess she was 20 18 or 20 or whatever maybe 20 I could be off by a couple years don't quote me and then when we left Roscoe's we were praying for all the people that were there and we were praying for Lacey and John And then and then they, they served this church for years. They toiled and they worked in the they worked in every part of the ministry everywhere. and went on the Branson trips. But I want you to listen to this part of the story here and bring them all in. Let them all come in. And you know, Lacey left behind two little guys too. And this was John's last day at the church today. And John and his boys are moving. But what I wanted to tell you about with the, the Spirit of God being poured out in Lacey's, let's just say that in Lacey's last year, you've seen her different travels. She went to different places to, to get care and, and different hospitals and different things. And when you have the horrible disease that Lacey had, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible experience. But can I tell you something? I never remember one time Lacey ever complaining about what was going on in her life. She was just amazing. And I say all that to say this about her. I got to watch their travels from afar. My wife would say they're, they're here and they're there. But I got to see when they went down to Branson. The last time they went, to, we took all the kids to Branson. and We took them into this, this place where you climb. I forgot what it was called, whatever. It's a, something where your kids climb all over the place and they're going up real high, something you'd never do. And Lacey and John were youth leaders back then or helping out. And I was like, where's Lacey at? Lacey was outside climbing the side of the building climbing the side she was the only one the only one that day that climbed the side of that building down there in Branson it was at least three or four stories tall she Dave she squeezed every last minute of life out of life so and then after this message we got a a quick two minute testimony that kind of ties in there with Tony Scrimma and his wife and Caitlin and their little daughter. And, and, and Lacey reached Caitlin and Tony. These these are these are these are stories that are inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Young people doing great things in our church, in our midst, and you're like, I never would have believed in a million years that they would touch as many lives as they touched. But when you've been touched by the hand of God, you can touch a lot of people you never thought you'd touch and for the good of God. So let me read you this. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Let's just pretend it's something like this as we bring the house lights down just to fuzz more. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And they were all filled. The entire house were sitting there in their divided tongues as the fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. Wow, sounds like a great story. And the Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And it talks about here, he says, Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven. And the sound of the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because one of them was hearing, speaking in his own language. And maybe your religion or your church never taught this about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But here it is, I'm reading it to you as we are standing here today. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He gives you the power to do things supernatural in a natural body. I'm sliding down to verse 12, and it says, And there were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, What does this mean? But others mocked and said, They were filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. He said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's the only third hour of the day. But this is what is uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, what I'm going to ask today is for God to do that just like he did 2,000 years ago, to pour out his spirit so each one of you can receive the gift of the third person in the Trinity. And maybe maybe you're not born again. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. That's the first thing you need to do. So I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you this question that I ask almost every Sunday and every Saturday. Do you remember the day that you gave your life to Jesus? John and Lacey remember? Tony and Caitlin remember? They're going to tell you that in the two-minute testimony. Do you remember a day where you gave your life to Jesus Christ? You said, I was there at that church. I was there at that camp. I was on the side of the road. Or I was... Incarcerated, I was somewhere, maybe I was in a hospital bed. And I realized that my life had become unmanageable whaley, that I had to to look up to God Almighty and say, God, I need to be saved. I realize I'm not even in charge of my next breath. So here's what you say. God, I know I'm a sinner. I want to be saved today at this church. I want to ask you, Father God, from this day forward, through the power of your Son, to help me live for you day by day. And I'll be ready for when the roll is called up yonder, I will be there because I put my trust in your son and what he did at the cross at Calvary. Now save me, Lord, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here's the prayer for the believers. And, and, And last night I went into Luke 11, and I'll let you guys do your homework on that. It was right after Jesus told his disciples about The prayer and how they need to pray the Lord's Prayer as we know it. And he gets to talking about which of you that had a good thing would deny your children of it. You wouldn't deny your children of of any good thing that you had. You want to give it to them. And he said, that's what I want to do here. I'm paraphrasing all this in Luke 11. How much more would I be wanting to give the Holy Spirit to my children for those who want it? So what I want to do for you today is leave your religion for just a second. Just a second. You can go back to it if you want. And ask God today at this altar, if there's something else that you can pour out on me today, Lord, I'm ready to receive it. I've been stripped of all my religion. I've been stripped of all my upbringing you want to trust in what you said in the, in the book of Luke in the 11th chapter. So what I want to do is I want to invite you down. One, two, three, I want you to just come down here. I'm going to pray for you right now. Just come down. I think Janet was just saying about it a couple minutes ago. We need an outpouring of your spirit. I mean, We have to admit we're leaky vessels. There's nothing wrong with being filled each day. Maybe you allowed the world to creep in a little bit and, and, and you're feeling like you're, the spirit man needs to be refreshed, need to, the tank needs to be refilled. For all the doubters that might be out there online, here's what I would say, what do we got to lose at this point? What if we're right and God really does have all the blessings from heaven he wants to shower down on us and we just never ask for them? I'm the asking kind. So I want you to ask with me today. Heavenly Father, we're all gathered here in one room just like we were on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost people come from all nationalities all different sides of the tracks and we believe as believers Lord God that we go through highs and lows but we need a fresh filling from heaven of the Holy Spirit we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost we need you to empower us today dear God so we can go out there and be a witness in the highways and byways into Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And we're going to trust you, Lord God, today with our lives in this infilling of the Holy Spirit today to help us do supernatural things in a world that has lost its way good things to encourage people. And I pray along with my brothers and sisters today in the mighty name of Jesus, from the young and old alike, in his name we pray, amen.